When demand outstrips supply, we have to decompress the system by doing the best for the most. Let's talk about the underlying story of the Fire Department of New York order to not transport cardiac arrest patients if they cannot be resuscitated in the field. I'm Rob Lawrence, and this is EMS One Stop. As the COVID-19 situation widens and deepens, the phrase we are about to hear a lot will be, the needs of the community will have to be considered over the needs of the individual. As demand outstrips supply, which in our case is the frontline staff and life-saving PPE, a change in the way we do business is arriving. For the last few weeks, many have discussed the implementation of crisis standards of care, the process by which rules, regulations and standards are relaxed to just get the job done. This has essentially covered the certification, qualification and methodology by which we deliver EMS in the new and emerging world order. The next phase in the evolution of our response is one of capacity and ability. When the going gets tough to the point where a reverse triage is needed to salvage those that have the best chance, it is a decision that is not taken lightly and those deciding on it delivering it or being affected by it will likely live with these decisions far beyond the pandemic. We have seen the numbers of infections and death escalate each day as COVID-19 heads to a peak that is yet to be reached. In particular, through our EMS lens, we have watched with a feeling of sadness, frustration and admiration the plight of the EMS workers in New York. We are witnessing the attrition rate on all key workers on the front line, whether it's EMS, firefighters, police officers or hospital staff and sadly we don't know when it will peak and we don't know when it will end. All of these factors in New York have culminated in one clinical decision that may be hard to stomach but is perhaps a necessary stage as they seek to do the best for the most. This week the Fire Department of New York's EMS personnel have been ordered with immediate effect not to transport cardiac arrest patients if they cannot be resuscitated in the field. EMS instructions require that CPR be initiated and if ROSC is achieved then transport as usual but when the patient is determined not to have a pulse and cannot be revived and having checked the regulations that's after 20 minutes then to cease, declare the patient dead and pass them over to NYPD. The decision was taken to preserve hospital and ambulance resources which as we know are being overrun with demand. We are all aware that intubation and inevitably pushing hard and fast creates aerosolization and potential infection for those running the arrest. Taking that patient to hospital adds many more healthcare professionals to the code in the ED, hence the decision to safeguard resources. We also understand about the CPR discussion of scoop and run versus stay and treat until we have an outcome. The decision to change taken in New York follows guidance and practice that already exists elsewhere in the country in clinical cardiac arrest protocols and guidelines. This may be a tough one for those for whom this is a new clinical change, but the war of attrition on clinicians and capacity of New York calls for measures such as this. 
It may well also be the case in this particular subset of patients that the eventual outcome, ROSC and survival to discharge, changes little. FDNY EMS Chief Lillian Bonsignor recently reported that the sheer number of medical calls was shocking. That volume, combined with the COVID-19 infection rate in responders causing exposure, diagnosis and quarantine, have depleted the workforce to critical levels. A small respite has arrived in the shape of the FEMA ambulance package, bringing providers in from all corners of the nation. But in the war, COVID-19 has been described as the enemy is unrelenting, and all of those reinforcements are moving straight to the front line to attack head-on. The experience of New York is providing a live playbook for delivery of mass population EMS. And as Dr. Anthony Fauci has briefed us, this will get worse before it gets better. It seems that change is the only constant right now. And because of the need to save the masses, more adjustment should be expected. So here are my takeaways from this particular article. First, crisis standards of care. The actions taken in New York during these challenging conditions reflect the needs of the many and are a necessary approach to healthcare service delivery during these unique and challenging times. To understand how the practice will change in your locality, refer to your local or state crisis standards of care plans. The recent webinar delivered by NHTSA entitled What EMS Needs to Know About Crisis Standard of Care Plans and COVID-19 provides insight into the development and delivery of crisis standard of care plans. And that webinar can be accessed via ems1.com. Next, fire and EMS personnel and health and well-being. On the last check, FDNY alone reported that out of a staff of 17,000 personnel, 2,800 were out sick, 23% were EMS workers and 16% firefighters. Being able to identify and report out on the level of attrition taking place on the front line in what IAFC President Gary Ludwig calls the warriors at the tip of the spear is an essential activity right now. The IAFC is maintaining a Fire and EMS-19 COVID personal impact survey uh, website that is tracking national stats including staff that are exposed, diagnosed and quarantine. This GIS system is additionally supported by NAEMT and the American Ambulance Association who fully encourage their members to contribute to it. Finally, let's talk about impactful headlines. What do I mean by that? Well, my focus here has been the preservation of staff and function as we ride this surge, but I need to close on a media note. The impactful headline that draws attention to the story leaves the vision that anyone succumbing to an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest is going to be left, ignored and written off. This could not be further from the truth, as all efforts are going to be made on scene to resuscitate and revive. This should be reinforced in the media. The takeaway is that we must go to great lengths to educate our press contacts and assist them in understanding what we do and how we do it. Additionally, in stories involving cardiac conditions, the terms cardiac arrest and heart attack are almost interchangeable in the eye of the journalist. We all understand the difference, and it frustrates us when they mix up the plumbing with the electrics. But for the sake of the public understanding and clarity in the media, we must do a better job in explaining that. That's my view. I would like to hear yours in the comments in the article posted at ems1.com. You can follow me on Twitter at UKRobL, or you can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm there. Uh, And for those on the front line, please stay safe, look after yourselves and each other.
I've been Rob Lawrence, this has been EMS One Stop, and until next time, bye for now.